Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... What a day around uh, the land of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this is awesome as Nick Hag has signed in time for the regular season. Uh, will not play tomorrow, but we got a whole bunch of reaction regarding the defenseman coming to terms on a three-year deal with the Golden Knights. Callum Crimmon will talk. You'll hear from Nick Hag, who is on nighttime at noon. We will also uh, dive into the media availability with head coach, Bruce Cassidy, and a bunch of the players were on the ice when Nick Hague's news was released to the world. We got a chance to tell the players. Nick Hag signed. What? Hager signed? Hager signed? That was, that was all over the dressing room. Guys are yelling back and forth uh, with the breaking news. So that's uh, one of our priorities today. We'll also chat with Shane Niney, Vegas Golden Knights television analyst, about what's coming up this season. But more specifically, he had a chance to sit down with Phil Kessel. Uh, for their podcast, and being that he's a former teammate of Phil's, he uh, gets a little bit more out of the players, a mm-hmm. little bit more comfortable. So uh, we'll dive into uh, that and really peel back the the layers. We've got news and notes from around the National Hockey League with one-timers uh, this uh, show, as well as a lot of uh, different things uh, filter out from around the league with rosters having been uh, submitted to the NHL. So it's a jam-packed show, starting off with your calls. 702-876-1340. It's the listener half hour. We normally go about 20 minutes, but we might have to go longer today because mm-hmm. it's the start of the season. Yeah, I would expect that uh, there will be a lot of phone calls to, to get through right now because you got the season opener tomorrow. You've got the Nick Haig signing. You've got a lot to be optimistic about if you're a Golden Knights fan. So give us a call right now, 702-876-1340. This is... Your segment every single week. If you get a busy signal, keep on trying. We'll try to uh, keep things going as fast as we can. Maybe one hitter uh, today. Stephanie, welcome back and a happy start of the season. Yes, and happy Nick Hague signing day. Um, <laughs> just super excited. Can't wait for the season to start. Glad that Hague is under contract and ready to go for this season. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of thought that this would be the pressure point uh, for both sides to come to a deal, and it uh, certainly was. Uh, what are your thoughts on the season? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, um, I'm excited to see some uh, new faces out there on the ice. Paul Cotter, I hope he gets a, a good crack at it to get to uh, stay up with the team. Um I'm really excited to see uh, Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. I know they had a little bit of a rocky start, uh, or not necessarily start, but a little bit of a rockiness down in um, preseason, but um really excited to see them play. I agree. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. We're going to be quick today, so uh, no long uh, back and forth. I apologize because I do enjoy our correspondence. Uh, Mike, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Yeah, rapid fire today, guys. Uh, three weeks ago today, I said, are we going to sign Haig? And today it happened. So now, uh, Gary Lawless asked him an interesting question at noon today that you probably heard when he said, Nick, what's the most optimistic you can be or the least optimistic you can be about when you'll start, when you'll be ready to play? And he goes, well, tomorrow. Like, why would you ask me that? What do you think of that? 
he will not play tomorrow. <laughs> no. uh, he may want to play tomorrow. <laughs> I understand he that uh, he would want to play tomorrow, but just with all the logistics, uh, having to uh, do the medical and uh, the turnaround, a new new coach, everything, uh, probably safer to let him ease in by two days because I would think that it would be a game-time decision on Thursday, Mike. Just one quick thing. Uh, the way Bruce Cassidy practices these kids, I've never seen anything like it, and I don't have a big frame of reference, but this is amazing to watch. Were there any veterans that you heard, Darren, that complained about the pace? Nope. Not a single one. <laughs> not even behind the scenes around the corner. <laughs> hey, psst, uh, or a text message. Nothing. The exact opposite. Hmm. I'll go with they enjoyed it. To, okay. to a point, too, like being in the locker room after practices, the, the mood is really, really high. It's elevated. Uh, this is a team that I think enjoyed the way that training camp was run so far this season, and I think that they're just super excited to get the ball rolling tomorrow in Los Angeles. Let's go down to Australia. Steven, you're on the VGK Insider Show. Morning. Um, so I'll keep this as quick as I can. Um Four years. Um, so last year, um, Darren, while you were um, unfortunately, well, I should say fortunately, because it means you're still with us, um, <laughs> recovering from your, um, from your accident, I, I, I came on this show and I talked about how I was ready for the season to be done and that I didn't care at that point whether or not Vegas made the playoffs because there was a bunch of stuff going on around the league related to pride and the lack thereof and you know I've, I've talked about being non-binary and you know how, how proud I am of who I am and uh, I thought that the off season was going to give me that recovery time and it hasn't the, the stuff with Hockey Canada the the Blackhawks you know the, the Bakersfield Condors guy yesterday, the Ian Cole allegations, and I have to stress the allegations. It's how, like, I, I'm not optimistic at all about this season because, like, how am I supposed to care for a sport that doesn't seem to care for me and countless others like me? Like, if you read. If you read that in cold, those allegations, an entire locker room knew about it and no one said anything. How am I supposed to care? Like, seriously, how, how am I supposed to care? And I'm, I'm sorry for breaking down in tears, but I'm finding it very hard to care right now about wanting to be a fan of this sport. Yeah, I understand the yeah, emotion I'm absolutely, uh, Stephen, and uh, do appreciate the call. And that's the the other side of it that we're that we're dealing with right now as a sport. But I do believe in my heart that that is not representative of our athletes. Uh, they are very serious situations and it's significant accusations and should be treated as such. And I would be disappointed if they're not. Um, and I'm glad that, that that Canada has gone down that path to really uh, dial into it. And then the the situation in Tampa Bay has to be dealt with. But I don't think that it is an exact reflection of what we uh, talk about every day and the people that we talk to every day. Yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of the big thing is is. You can focus in on 
your individual team. You can focus in on what the sport of hockey, the, the, the Golden Knights as a team, might be able to do for you in, in being an escape from just every day, enjoying those two and a half hours. But, you know, to Darren's point, I, you get to you get to know some of these guys. You get to peel back some of the layers. And I'm with you in that I, I don't think it's indicative of every single person that plays this sport mm. that is in the National Hockey League. It doesn't mean that these allegations shouldn't be taken seriously, and it doesn't mean that if they're founded that there shouldn't be an appropriate action. But it, it's one of those things where I, I think you, you you have to find what it is about hockey you loved in the first place, what it is, Stephen, that you loved about the Golden Knights in the first place, and try to latch onto that as much as you can. Stephen, appreciate it. I can't wait to talk to you throughout season. Frank and Henderson, you're in the VGK <laughs> Insider Show. Hey, thanks. I know, don't do the Henderson-Frank thing. But, uh, hey, guys, uh, I'm happy, so excited about tomorrow. But I will tell you this, um, boy, you know, signing Nick Haig is almost like, to me, going out there and getting one of the best defensemen that you could in a trade or or what have you. Uh, Just signing that guy, I know he's been a knight, uh, but to me it seems like we went out and just, like, got an Eichel and we we uh, we got Nick Haig. So I'm happy to hear that he's back. But what I'd like to ask you guys is, you know, like I said, I'm the only one who probably uh, buys the, the newspaper, gets it delivered to me. They had their uh, uh, season projections by most of the media, and there's not really a lot of love for the Knights going out there for the Pacific Division. They have Edmonton there, they have Vancouver up there, and they have Calgary up there a lot. Well, I just want to get your insight on what you think your Pacific uh, projection would be from top to bottom. Frank, I'm going to be totally 100% upfront honest with you. I think the team can win the Pacific Division. And that's not uh, waving the flag. That's not because I work with the team and for the team. But it's because they're running this team back a lot compared to a, a year ago. Like there's questions in goal, mm-hmm. and you lose Patrick But you've got a, a very healthy Jack Eichel, and you've got uh, Phil Kessel in the lineup that, that looks like he is in the best shape of his life. Last year, nobody had any other team other than Vegas winning the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. It was unanimous. Given that not a lot has changed, or it, what has changed, you've got good, solid replacements in in place, and we're confident in the goaltending. I, I think that they can win the Pacific Division, and I do too. Um, just a, a couple other things, real quick. Do you think Eichel can hit the uh, hundred point mark this year? I wouldn't put that on my odd sheet, and if it is on the odd sheet, I'd take it. I, I think he's going to be there. The, the franchise's first hundred point guy. Yeah, I'm with you, Darren. I think that Jack Eichel at 100 points is is about where he should be, given who he is as a player and where he believes he is as a player. Coming off of a full offseason to actually train, how he's looked in preseason and the chemistry that he's got right now with Phil Kessel and Riley Smith, I think that 100 points is is right there for Jack Eichel in taking. Um, Pacific Division is an interesting division because, again, I... I think there are question marks, as you mentioned, Darren, for every team, right? Like, how quickly is the are the Calgary Flames going to be able to come together with the new additions there? 
Are you going to get Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl going absolutely off again? And can Jack Campbell be the guy in Edmonton that, that kind of takes you to that next level? Any combination, one through three of those teams, you throw LA in there, four teams, I, I think you can reasonably see. Right now, for me, I want to see the Golden Knights in the regular season, but I think they're a playoff team, 100%. It's a good division. It I agree. Is a really, I, it's a good division. It's better than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. So the gap has, has certainly closed. But I still believe, looking at this roster, if if you hadn't experienced what you did last season and this team missing the playoffs because of all the injuries, I'm still on, on board with that they win the division. I might be wrong, but playoff team? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, with uh, with all that talent and the the excitement. A couple of uh, we talk about Eichel being one hundred point guy. There's a couple of other ones around. Uh, how many goals does Phil Kessel score? Uh, Riley Smith uh, skating on that line. Brett Howden. Like there, I, I want to go through some of this as as we continue on throughout the show. Seven zero two eight seven six one three four zero seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. There's a line open right now. Uh, love to hear from you as we go to Rick on the VGK Insider Show. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, uh, I work for uh, Quest Diagnostics. Uh, I suck blood out of people. And this morning I had the opportunity, opportunity to draw blood from two of your best players on the team. And they told me they're ready to go, the whole team is ready to go, and they're excited for this season. All right. Uh, just want to say they were a little afraid of the needle, but other than that, they were very nice and uh, very polite gentlemen. HEPA rules uh, in place here. We're not going to ask <laughs> names uh, of the uh, of the athletes, but uh, but that's great that they're excited and and you you sense some of that and and these are these are guys at the top of their their field in yes. the sport of, of hockey and they're used to being confident and excited. Sometimes that gets just sort of uh, watered down a little bit where you don't see it to a person around this. Uh, team dressing room uh with the coaches and the players and the support staff uh, everybody is pumped up where you hear we're going to be real good this year uh, oh, yeah. a, a few times from from the players and when they're saying that because they're they're taught to be reserved and hold things in within uh the, their their body and just be a little bit more reserved that that's that's great to hear from them yeah they they were very polite and uh it's a very nice gentleman. Nice. Uh, being scared of the needle uh, aside, I'm scared of the needle too. I got to admit, I look away. You're not the only one. Yeah. Uh, Seriously? Thanks, oh, th- thanks, Rick. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. My my it wife never, though. She, never my wife, my wife does the plasma. She she donates blood. She does plasma. She's all about that. Me. She's like, oh, you should do it. No, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't. Have, I I'm just terrified. How do you how do you deal with the tattoos? That doesn't bother you. It's a little bit different, you know, really? because it's not going in a vein. It, do, it it just feels different, I guess. I don't know. You're a puzzling human being. I know. I know. Seven, seven tattoos. Some of them really big, and and yet I'm I'm terrified to 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 have blood drawn. Zero issue for me. None. Some some people wow. are doesn't you know, bother me. Some people are are, are built like that. I'm like, not. Like, I'm not squeamish. Ah, see, I I no horror movies. No needles. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Squeamish or not. Uh, Use us on Twitter, uh, text us, uh, do it, uh, whatever you want. Uh, we'd love to know your reaction. 702-876-1340, uh, line open right now. First reaction today when you heard that Nick Hag signed. 
Good job done, right? Like for the Golden Knights, you wanted to get into the season. You wanted Nick Haig under contract. And, and, you know, again, were you set up to be able to mitigate what the loss of Nick Haig at the beginning of the season would do for you? Yeah, I think so. I think the Golden Knights with Ben Hutton, Caden Korzak, uh, it would have been fine. They would have been, they would have been perfectly fine to start the year without Nick Haig. But Nick Haig makes you better. It, it solidifies your defense core. You know what you're getting in that player. There's a lot of growth for him. And, you know, to me, I, I think you lock him up for three years. You've got, you know, stability and, and really a lot of, of, you know, understanding of what your blue line is going to look like for the next three to five years. And that, to me, is important for the Golden Knights because I'd make the argument their blue line is, is fantastic going into the year. It's one of the best in the league. So um, Nick Haig makes you more versatile. It makes you harder to play against. I'm glad it got done, and I'm glad that it got done with him not missing any paychecks. More important uh, to that final battle for the roster spot, too. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought they were dealing with or fighting for two spots. Mm -hmm. Ends up being one uh, with the Nick Hag signing. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it, it, it might be tough luck for some guys, right? Like, depending on who's the odd man out. But, you know, you got a lot of really good experience for... If it, if it ends up being Caden Korzak, it's a lot of really good experience here in the preseason, and he put himself in the running to be one of those guys that's first to come up if there are any issues. But you know, the fact of the matter is, you've got a young player in Nick Hague who I think has a ton of potential, who I think can have one of those seasons that you're expecting and hoping for because of that potential. And now it's just about getting here, getting up to speed, getting ready to go, and when he's going to draw into the regular season lineup. That's the most important thing is now getting Nick Haig acclimated and ready to play regular season hockey. We'll get to the rosters uh, around the National Hockey League as well in one-timers in hour number two as there's a, a significant amount of news across the National Hockey League. The question was asked about Jack Eichel scoring 100 points. Yeah, If he's healthy, he's ready to go. Like, that is not even a doubt in my mind. How many goals, though, will be the tops on the team this year? And who do you think it comes from? Um, so I'm going, I'm going over 40. I'm just trying to determine if I'm going with like mid to high 40s or if I'm going just over 40. I'll say conservatively, the high-end goal is going to be 44, and it's going to be Jack Eichel. That's where I'm going. How many 40-goal scores do they have at the end of the year? <laughs> Golden Knights. Ooh. Um, <sighs> that's really an interesting question. I, I'm gonna, I don't think it's a question that we could have asked in years past. It, it's not. I think that there's going to be a couple of guys that are close. I think Jack's the only 40-goal guy. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, can I see Riley Smith getting like, into the mid th- mid thirties, yeah, playing alongside Jack Eichel. Can I see Phil Kessel somewhere in and around there? Yes. Jonathan Marchessault would be my obvious answer, but depending he's on led the team in goals twice. But depending on how he's deployed and de- depending on how much balance you get in your lineup and and all of that, I don't know that I'm going to say Jonathan Marchessault hits forty, but. I think Jack's your leader. I think you've got a bunch of guys in the 30s, but I don't think that you have another 40-goal guy. What say you? 
Because you're you're thinking about it. The gears are turning. I can well, see it. I, I love that you said Jack Eichel. Yeah. If if you're going to score 100 points, you're going to be in that that range yeah. because he has such balance to his game. Right. Last year he had more goals than assists. I think of him as a passer, and yet he had more pucks go in the net than than he set up. So Eichel, I think, can flirt with the pace for 50 goals. Yeah. Then there's Riley Smith, who has just clicked on that line. And right. give the coaching staff credit. Bruce Cassidy talked about line combinations. It was Smith and Eichel. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Eichel and Kessel, right. which have been great during the preseason. When they were putting the lines together, it was Smith and Jack Eichel uh, going together. And that has been spot on so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Smith, 30. That That's the, the best in the past. I think he can squash it and, and blow it away. So that gives you two guys, mm-hmm. but also two guys on the same line with 40 right. is tough, which also says the power play is going to work, be very effective, and the team as a whole is going to score more goals. Where does the subsequent offense come from? If Because you can't just be a one-line. This is not going to be a one-line team. No. Uh, does Mark Stone get close to that, that would be pushing it based on Mark Stone's uh, output. Uh, but I would love to see it. What about a, a Marcia or a Carlson? Uh, Carlson has has done it. Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be a heck of, a, of an answer uh, to the last couple of years, but he's done it I, before. I I love William Carlson's game. What if he's playing with Marcheseau? How many minutes a night are they getting? I think like it's going to be pretty even. It, if that's the case, then we'll see. I think William Carlson, like, to me, let's get William Carlson to 20 or 25 before we start throwing 40 goal expectations on him. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about a player that needs to be confident. You're talking about a player that's looking to produce more this year. And while I think that that's front of mind, I want to see the benchmarks that William Carlson should be at first before I start thinking about doubling that type of production. If you got if you get 25 goals out of William Carlson and you get another year like you've gotten out of Jonathan Marcheseau and that's coming in your, quote, third line, hmm. then you're in really good shape. I don't think you need William Carlson to be pushing the totals that he had in year one in order for this team to be successful. But you do need him to return to mid-20s in my estimation. I don't think Phil Kessel gets to 40. But you've got four guys who I legitimately think could reach that mark. 40 goals. 40 goals. You have four guys. I'm not saying they're they're going to, but you've got four candidates for that. So you've got Jack, you've got Riley, you've got Carlson, and And you've got Marcheseau. Yeah. That's interesting. Carlson's done it. Sure. Marcheseau's led this team in goals twice. Right. Riley Smith looks fantastic. Yes, and is connected with Jack Eichel. And I think Eichel's your solid bet. That's yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I, I'd agree with that. I think that, you know, there's certainly potential. Again, I, I think that there's going to be quite a few 30-goal scorers on this team. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I look at how it's constructed. I look at the balance that the Golden Knights have across their top nine. And you can see the writing on the wall, but everyone's going to have to play to their potential. Everyone's going to have to play to their ability. And the Golden Knights are going to have need to have that confidence instilled early on in William Carlson to get it. Golden Knights open up their season tomorrow 
on Fox Sports Las Vegas against the Los Angeles Kings. Nick Hag will not play, but is under contract for three years. You will hear from the defenseman in hour number two. You will hear from the general manager who made that deal get done at the last minute and ensures that Nick Hag will not uh, miss any time in this season. And along with the GM and the player, the coach and a bunch of teammates uh, will also chime in on the signing of Nick Hag. Phil Kessel is one of the intriguing parts of this season. And Shane Natty did a sit-down interview with him for the SLG and D podcast. That has just been published. Uh, we'll hook up with Shane Natty from Los Angeles next to get an idea of what Phil is expecting this season and just where he's at as he chases down the most consecutive games played list as well as goal number 400. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back. Our number one continues the VGK Insider Show. A lot to get to. You'll hear a bunch of sound reaction from the organization regarding the Nick Hag signing as the Golden Knights get set to start the season tomorrow night. Game number one on the road in Los Angeles, and that's where we find our good buddy. He won a Stanley Cup, and Darren is afraid of him. Time to go between the glass with VGK analyst Shane Knighty. I had nothing to do with that, but it's all uh, true. No. It's all true. <laughs> Just so you know, I, do with you? I didn't have anything to do with that, and but people know that you want to chase me down the street. No, I don't. We were just seatmates on the trip to Boise. And I was afraid to talk oh, to no. you. I was yeah, afraid to talk time. the entire time. Uh, Shane Natty's in Los Angeles as the Golden Knights get set to open up the season against the LA Kings. He also did a sit-down interview with Phil Kessel, who Shane knows very well from Phil's uh, inaugural season in the National Hockey League. Uh, that will be part of the SLG and D podcast. So, teammate to teammate, uh, how was Phil? Yeah, I had him. Uh, I believe it was his second two years, uh, year two oh. and three, and. Uh, uh, he's been in the league a long time, man. He's he's been around, but you know what? I, I've always found Phil fascinating, and uh, he's not an easy guy to get a lot of answers and a lot of questions out of um, when there's a microphone around. If you're just to sit quietly, uh, it's good chat. Um, you know, and I think he's someone is uh, the thing about Phil is what I admire about him, and I talk about it when we speak is he hasn't changed. The things that infuriated me as a infuriated like myself and like you know, like trying to motivate him. He's not a rah rah guy. And as a young player, we try to get him going, but he cares. It's just he has his own way to go about it. And you know, you can look at you can look at his stats and what he's done in his career. It speaks for himself. He's he cares. He wants to win badly. He loves. He, he wants to be the go to guy. You know, sitting one goal away from four hundred. He's not far from a thousand points. He's, Games played in a row record is incredible. It's just, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, a lot of times a lot of people misunderstood. He wants nothing to do with social media, doesn't care about inter, uh, you know, interviews. And apparently he's not fond of analysts either, Darren. Uh, one of my questions with him, when I asked uh, his favorite analyst, he said none. I said, that hurts. <laughs> Does he not know what you do? Probably not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a possibility too, because he doesn't he doesn't engage himself. Uh, he does. Well, I know that, but uh, uh, what was it like when you first saw him again? Because you hadn't really had that that time to to 
be buddies and and talk at length and and that kind of thing uh, in in the past couple of years. You know, so I'll I'll talk about it from two points. First time I sat down and we chatted, it was good. You know, we've had conversation over the years where just, you know, when we used to go before COVID, when you'd be in the room and you talk to him, our fuzz between the benches, quick chat. But when I first sat down with him here, the thing that really stuck out with me was how passionate he was to be in Vegas and to kind of reassert himself as an elite player in this league. Um, he wants to have success. He wants to win. He wants to have, you know, first and foremost, you know, team success, but also individually. He wants to say, hey, that eight goals, that, that was a one-off last year. You know, he still put up 52 points, 44 assists. a pretty, pretty impressive year, but uh, he still feels he has stuff to prove, and I think that's, those are the things that really stuck out to me. That was our initial conversation, just talking, you know, he wasn't into the rebuild in Arizona. He's, you know, at the point in his career, he wants to be a veteran guy. He wants to be an important part of the team, and he wants to win. And I think those are great things that are you can have out of somebody. And, you know, you look at he's playing for a million and a half this year. He's a guy who's capable. I believe he can hit the 20-goal mark and 50, 60 points this year, especially if we see him playing on the line he's with with Eichel and Smith. So could be the best bargain in the National Hockey League this year. So that sticks out. And then, you know, I wanted to see him on the ice. The one thing that Phil's always had is speed and quickness and extreme hockey IQ. He gets around the ice the right way. He knows what works for him. That's what 15 years in the league does. But at 35, I wanted to see if he still had the step, and he does. He reads the ice really well. He's good at pulling up at the right times. He can jump to holes. Um, you know, and I think that's why we saw some chemistry between him and Eichel develop so quickly is, you know, Eichel's an extremely elite player in the National Hockey League, and I think Phil's ability to read the play, and Riley Smith's also another intelligent guy, I think that's why it's kind of worked here early on. We'll see if that continues down that path, but those are the two things uh, for me is just how passionate he is to play, to win, to be in Vegas, and also that he hasn't lost a step, and at 35, that's impressive. You know, Shane, you mentioned the games played streak, consecutive games played streak, and I, I guess the question is, how is it some guys have that durability factor? How is it some guys like Phil are able to string consecutive seasons together where they just don't miss time because they've found a way to be healthy? Yeah, you know, and the train of thought of that is, you know, certainly, you know, Phil, I think he he understands what makes him successful, the way he plays, and he doesn't put himself in a lot of vulnerable spots. Um and the other thing is, he certainly he's played through stuff. There's no way you've played that long and you're not playing through something that's nagging you, or uh, you know whether you know it's a muscle or whether he's blocked a shot, possible. Bro- you know, I'm sure there's certain things he's been able to play through. Now that said, the style of player he is, he's always been an offensive, creative type player. You know, you're not going to see Phil going diving headfirst in front of shots or you know running to light someone up in the corner on the forecheck. He plays to his strengths. That's, those, those areas aren't his strengths. So, you know, I think the, certainly the type of player he is has allowed him to do it. But at the same time, it's just it, it's, it's an incredible amount of games to play in a row, regardless of how you play the game. Because at various points, you're going to have to play through something. And he's been able to do that and being able to manage it and still be a productive player through, through his career. And, you know, a couple of Stanley Cups in that time and uh, – you know, certainly the, the last three years in, 
Arizona, he didn't go as planned for him. And last year, I think it was really tough. The year before, he had 20 goals. So he's still successful. But, yeah, he's been able to do it. There's another way, Ryan Darren. You've got, at some point, he's played through a lot of things. So mm-hmm. you commend him for that. But he's not going to be known as the greatest shot blocker that ever played the game. No. But if you're going to address us, can you please do it by way of Darren and Ryan? Not oh, Ryan and that's Darren. That's why I did it, Ryan and Darren. Beautiful. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it. Unbelievable. Shane Knighty's with <laughs> us. Uh, I feel like Shane's misunderstood, just like Phil, uh, with the uh, the relationship that uh, that we have. When you discuss him, one thing that, that keeps coming out is how competitive he is. And I don't know whether people realize how competitive he is. No, I, I agree. I think just because he seems, you know, I, I'm trying to say, you know, almost aloof yeah. in, in, in the way he kind of approaches the game and, you know, when he talks and whatever, but he cares. He, he, he wants to win. He, he, you don't get to this level. You don't win Stanley Cups. And you look at those Pittsburgh teams, the points he put up on those runs, like he's a competitive guy. And, you know, we talk about winning and it, it's interesting. He, he talks about, you know, being on a team and, you know, having a swagger and having a belief, you know, both as a group and as individuals, when, when you have those good teams that you, you're just going to win. And uh, I think he likes to have that feeling. That speaks to his competitiveness. But he's not going to be the rah-rah guy and come to the media and give a big hype speech by any means. He's going to be calm. He's going to be, you know, that, that's just the way he is. And I think it's worked. How can you argue for him to change at this point? It's, it's no. worked for him so well. Shane Addy from Los Angeles, where the Golden Knights get set to take on the LA Kings tomorrow night. He did the big sit-down interview with Phil Kessel for the SLG and D podcast. You know, Shane, when you you kind of look at Phil coming into this situation with a lot to prove based on his last year uh, in Arizona, what like what do you think success would look like for Phil Kessel this year with the Golden Knights? Well, I think first and foremost would be the team, <laughs> team success, right? Them having a good year. Um, you know, and, and I think for numbers for him, if you're to ask him, he, he believes he can hit that 20 goal mark again. Um, you know, for points, I think he can put up 52 in Arizona. Um, last year, yeah. he should be able to put up 60 this year. Now, you know, I'm sure he's not going to measure it or tell us what he, you know, his, his stature of success is, points and goals and assists and points. But um, I just think he can be a real, he's a really good on the power play as well, watching. Uh, we, you know, Darren's there. We watch practice a lot. Watching today, Ryan, you're there. Mm-hmm. He's better on the half wall than I thought. He's a better passer than I remember. He's got great vision. He can find the seams. Um, and the other thing, he's really good around the net, off the piles. So he can find loose pucks. He, he has a real nose for the net to, to kind of, you know, get to that open area to go where where the puck's going to go. And I think that just speaks to time in the league, understanding. Um, you know, where to be at the right time. And uh, I think he's going to be a big part of this team. I think it was a really good acquisition for them. Certainly one, uh, you know, when you look at the, you know, their cap team or above, but for him to fit in at that price point is pretty remarkable. If he can have that type of year, we all hope. Guys love him, don't they? Like they're drawn to him. He's loved it. And that's, you talk about him, his, his passion not only the game, but I think that's why he's reserved. He's got a bit of the old school in him that he's, you know, what happens in our room, that, that's, I don't want to talk about it. That I love the guys. Um, you know, we had a, on the, when we spoke 
and sat down. That was one of the points is just, you know, how much he enjoys the guys um, when he's in the room. And, you know, as bad as things he thought in Arizona, hockey-wise, there's great guys there. And he says, great group here. And he enjoys being in the room. I think he's a guy that likes to have fun with a lot of the guys. He can take his share. He can dish it out. And uh, that's a big part of it. And you, you hear it over and over. And I say it. I knew his time. I don't really miss the game very much, but I do miss, you know, that group of guys that you're there day in and day out working hard for, for the same goal. Yeah, but you have Gosh and I <laughs> and Ashley. Well, exactly. And Darren so Elliott. I miss the guys. Yeah. Shane <laughs> <laughs> Natty's with us on the VGK Insider Show. Before we let you go, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about the signing of Nick Hague. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good fit for both uh, the team and the individual. This is a guy, you know. I think still, and Kelly McCrimmon talked about it. Room to grow, um, but you know, in a, in a league now, you need mobile puck moving defensemen. Well, Nick Hague has an offensive side. He's a good puck mover, but he has something that can't be taught, and that's the that's the size factor. Six six, uh, whatever he's weighing, two thirty, two forty. And being able to move in this league and, and still be an offensive guy, not afraid to jump in the rush, I think you know he's going to round out other points of his game. I'd like to see a meanness come to him. I think that will open up some area for him. So huge potential when you can have a player that has his skill set and has a skill set that just isn't taught, that size. So it, it'll be interesting. That long reach, the stick, I think, can develop into a really good penalty killer as well. Um and he's going to learn the game at 24. You know, he's he, he's really at that next stage. He's kind of learned what it's like to be an NHL player. Now it's about learning, you know, things, as I talked about with players, what's going to make him really successful. And, you know, he's going to continue to learn the league and learn the pace and stick position, all the little details and fundamentals the young defenseman can learn. You know, he's kind of there. Now it's about crafting them and mastering them to the point where he becomes and takes a step to that next player. We know that players keep themselves in great shape, but you know, with Nick Haig missing this training camp with Bruce Cassidy implementing a new system specifically in the defensive zone, uh, how long do you think it, it takes Nick Haig to kind of get himself up to speed? And it's an interesting question because you know we've seen this a lot with our, our you know, restricted free agents coming in, missing camp. It does set them back. I think he's going to be in great shape, but that's different than being in game shape. That's mm-hmm. different than him you know, being out there playing in new systems with this group of guys. So, um, you know, a lot of times that first game back, adrenaline's going to have a great game, and there's a little bit of a setback. But I think overall, it does set them back a couple weeks, two to three weeks before they get right up to speed to where they need to be. And, you know, a lot of that is just playing games. You, you don't have – that's why preseason is important, those reps that we heard Bruce Cassidy talk about. Reps are important for players, whether you're a young guy, whether you're an old guy. And then when you add on top of that, not only the reps that he's he's going to have, you know, different terminology with a new coach, new coaching, new coaches to learn. John Stevens running the D, um, and then different systems. So you know, it's a lot to take in, and you can take it in, you can practice it, but until it's put into motion in actual games, uh, it's tough to learn. So I guess that was a long-winded answer. I sound like Darren Millard, but it's two <laughs> to three weeks until he gets into a game. Or until he's... No, until he gets to pace. Till right. He, how long till he gets to his game? No, he'll be in a game before that, but I'm saying before he becomes... You know, he's got to get acclimated. It's not going to be instantaneous. It might be for a game or two, but there's going to be a drop-off. You see it time and time again from these guys that, you know, have been in negotiations. They miss camp. They come in. takes a little longer. 
to get up to full speed. doesn't mean they're not playing. It's just to get to the level that you want from that player. Well, if he needs an example of a mean streak, just hang out with you for a couple of days. I'm in a great mood right now. Oh. <laughs> you heading, ac- <laughs> heading across the street? Or is, no, that, be- no, or is no. that because you're, you're about to end the segment? Uh, oh, I, are we done already? That was fast. Well, I've been trying to get you on this show for you a couple of years asked. now. Only, this is the first time you ever asked, and you have to do it in front of everybody so you had backing. Like, could have just came up to me and said, do you mind coming on this show? <laughs> I was trying to make you feel important in front of the whole group. I'm not important. I did. I I asked in front of the entire staff. You were like, uh, Shane, uh, do you mind coming on the Insider Show uh, Mm -hmm. tonight? Talk about the SLG and D podcast with with Phil. And he he couldn't, like, there was no way he could say no. No. Well, the best part is I thought I'd be sarcastic. I said, oh, really? What time's that at? Like, I don't know. And Darren's like, oh, we're on four to six. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Jeff. Shane and I are actually really tight. We just do this for on-air purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, the bickering back and forth. Uh, go, we got a good group. Go enjoy your night. Uh, appreciate it. I'll, I'll text you later. All right. Thanks, guys. Take See care. Buddy. Looking uh, forward to tomorrow night, the regular season finally. It's going to be awesome. Hey, Shane will be part of a uh, live stream at 6 o'clock tomorrow night on the VGK social media channels. Uh, we're going to have lots of content from... Los Angeles, and that will go, sorry, directly against you. I don't mean to, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. pulling a Chapman right now. You are. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm offering happening. up. But uh, all this VGK content is yep. great at the, the start of the season. Your pregame show starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow night? It does. I will be on the air at 6 o'clock getting you ready. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's uh, regular season hockey. It's the best. I want to talk to you about uh, Boise Do you? and the, uh, the other night because I've got uh, a couple of questions that I just want to really... I need solid, truthful answers. No running around the barn on this. From me? Yeah, yeah. How about Jeez. what happened? What what happened the other night in Boise? I don't. I have no idea what happened. Oh. Let's, let, like we can get into it. That's All right. fine. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, one of those questions about Boise, and then we're going to reset for hour number two. I'll tell you all the Nick Hag content that's coming up, as well as one timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. On the eve of the season, Nick Hag signs a three-year contract with the Vegas Golden Knights. It won't play tomorrow night against the LA Kings, but he's in the fold as Vegas starts its sixth campaign. We've got the conversation with Nick Hag from nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas to come. We'll also hear from Bruce Cassidy, Kelly McCrimmon, and several of Nick's teammates regarding uh, that signing as news broke while the Vegas Golden Knight players and Bruce Cassidy were on the ice uh, during the final practice before the start of the season. Vegas coming off a three-game winning streak to end the preseason, which wrapped up in Boise the other night. Uh, you were doing the pregame show. We were having trouble connecting mm-hmm. on, on the broadcast. We got on the air nine seconds before the puck dropped. Yep. Nine seconds. I've never seen somebody so calm and cool as Brian McCormick. <laughs> Just chill. Yeah. They, and then they said, go. You threw. Boom. We're ready to go. And then he calls the game. It was really cool. I got to work with him on, on, on Saturday. But what were you doing? Because you almost had to do play-by-play mm-hmm. watching the game. And relaying yep. it to the audience. Yeah, it, it would have been an adventure for sure. Uh, I, I don't know that I was freaking out too much because I felt like there were enough really smart people to figure it what out. What were you going to do? I was going to do whatever was needed. And that would have been interesting because 
I'd been trying to call the game off my TV at home, which was at least a minute behind the. That's okay. Radio the audience feed. doesn't know behind it. Sure, but you know, it, it would have been it would have been an adventure, I think, for sure. And you know, we would have we would have seen just how well I am, at, or how how well I could do it at trying to really focus in on the play off of a monitor. But I'm it, telling it you, wouldn't have been good. Those are the things that test whether you're prepared or not. Yeah, those situations. All the work that you don't use that you leave on the table yeah. every night. Yeah. Every now and then you gotta eat the whole meal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have been okay, I think, from a Golden Knights perspective, but again, it's it's a preseason game where you've got the coyotes, right? Yeah. So um I I would have been it would have been tough. But fortunately, you look at that first period, the Coyotes didn't have the puck very nope. much, so it probably would have eased me into the game pretty well. Icing uh, the Coyotes. It'll come <laughs> back. They're not allowed to change. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Nick Hag under contract as the Vegas Golden Knights get set to launch the season. Dueling headlines. We'll talk about both as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas.